0: Welcome to Jesus Without Religion. I'm Mike Sinar, your host, and I'm glad you're joining us today as we discover Jesus through the filter of grace. If you are a Christian, you are about to see the love of Christ like you've never seen before. Never again will you fear God or feel that you are inadequate or not deeply loved by Him. We know some people call that a license to sin, but as we go through this series, you're actually going to find out that soaking in God's kindness and total forgiveness of all sin, yes, all sin, is the only prescription that will actually lead you away from the disease of sin. All right, and it is good to be back. We've got a Well, I think we've got an exciting discussion today. We're going to be talking about scourging. You know, there's a verse in the Bible, comes out of uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6, that is really often, I mean, just overwhelmingly used to intimidate Christians, to put them in fear. And that verse tells us this, it says, For those whom the Lord loves, He disciplines and he scourges every son whom he receives. Now, I don't know about you, but I know Jesus was scourged, and I don't think scourging is something very light. I mean, Jesus was scourged nearly to the point of death. Can you imagine that if you love your children, and the way you Uh, exhibited your love to them was by just ripping the flesh out of their body. Now, some would say, well, no, 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 it's symbolic, or they'll, they'll try to water it down, but you don't get to water down the word scourge. But what if there's a fair and sensible explanation for all this scourging that we're reading about in Hebrews chapter 12? Well, today you're going to find that there really is. Let's start with this. What do you think the writer of this letter is implying when he says, God disciplines and he scourges us? Let's start here. Is discipline some kind of punishment? And if it is, well, what does that punishment look like? Would it be you um, maybe losing your job could it, could it be a God giving you some kind of cancer or a disease? Maybe God letting you letting something bad happen to you like in a car accident? Because if that's discipline, boy does that fly in the face of God saying your sins and lawless deeds I remember no more. As far as the West is from the east so I've taken your sins away. I mean, can you imagine this? God has died for your sins? But he's punishing you and scourging you when you sin. The two don't go together. But in the end, we're going to see there's a very simple answer. Um, I want you to consider for a moment that discipline is a good thing. I mean, don't you discipline yourself to work out? Don't you discipline yourself possibly to read your Bible or go to church? Don't you discipline yourself to eat healthy? These are the See, discipline is discipleship. It's not punishment for past sins. God's discipline is training for future living. And there's a big difference in that. Now, I've heard many sermons about this word scourge. Um, and I'm not going to meet them in the middle on this. I'm just not going to water it down. Jesus was scourged, right? By his stripes, we have been healed. And do you know what it would have looked like if you saw Jesus after he was scourged? You would have seen flesh and bone and blood everywhere. Now, do we really believe that this is what God is doing to his children whom he loves? Because if that's what God is doing to his children, I don't want any part of it. And today, we're going to show you the true meaning of, of this word scourge, uh, as it's described in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6. And here's the news flash. This is not something that's going to be scary, right? This is actually something that will, by the time we're done, it should actually comfort you. So let's start here. I want to read uh, something that we learned from John chapter 3, verse 18. The one who believes in him is not judged. So if we're not judged, well, what does that tell us? Well, if you're not judged, what happens after someone is judged? Well, he's punished. So the one who believes is not judged. And same here. Uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, he says, there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear involves Punishment, remember, we're not punished as Christians because fear involves punishment and the one who fears is not perfected in love. Are you afraid? You're not perfected in love. I am not afraid of God because God has made promises to me that take that fear away. I will not be judged and I will not be punished. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 17 is a great reminder that and their sins... And their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now, this isn't God being some uh, sick elderly man who uh, is losing his memory. This is God choosing as an act of his own free will to say, look, I'm not going to be thinking about your sins. I'm not going to be holding them against you. I am not going to be punishing you for them. Why? Because there was a punishment that was doled out on my son. And there no longer remains any punishment for you as a child of God. Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 says something great too. He says, Having canceled the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. I mean, guys, what do you get out of this? The debt was canceled. He's taken it out of the way. And he nailed it to the cross. Oh, yeah, but you're going to be punished. You're going to be scourged and beaten. I mean, who's teaching this stuff? I'll tell you who's teaching it spiritually dead people or people who might be alive in Christ, but completely lost, like completely out of their minds when it it comes to their ability to interpret the scriptures. I will say, I think there are some people who have received Jesus, they believe in Jesus. But they have absolutely no idea what the good news of the gospel is. And they're all jacked up on the old covenant message that was delivered to the Jews. And they totally don't understand what forgiveness really means to us. Hence, they walk away with wildly distorted teachings from words that we see in Hebrews like scourge. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 18, he says, And where these sins have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. We don't got to put Jesus back up on a cross anymore. He was the perfect lamb, the perfect payment. Bible tells us he was the perfect propitiation for sin. Uh, that term propitiate means to satisfy a deity, right? So where our sins have been forgiven, there's no more sacrifice. We don't need to do it because there was only one sacrifice that needed to be done. There was one punishment, and it is finished. So 1 John 2.12 then tells us this. I'm writing you this, little children, because your sins have been forgiven you on account of his name. So let's go back to the scary verse again that we saw in in Hebrews chapter 10, right? Or chapter 12. It's Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6. He says, for those... Whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. Now, what are we to make of this? Well, the good news is again, if you are a child of God, this is actually a verse that will deliver amazing comfort to you. Now, check this out here. Um, Again, focusing on this verse here, Hebrews chapter 12, for those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. Let's start with the word discipline. There are many people that want us to believe that God's discipline for his children is some kind of punishment, severe punishment, or on the other side, a watered down version of God's wrath. But again, as we just discussed in the beginning here, does that really fit with the comforting verses that I just read, multiple ones for you? And I could go on and on with those kind of verses about the gospel of God's promises. And of course not. So what does God's discipline look like? Remember, I can't emphasize this enough that God's discipline, write this down, God's discipline is not punishment for past sins. Remember, God's discipline is training for future living. For some reason, there are many leaders teachers that want to make us think that being disciplined by God is the equivalent of some kind of uh, watered-down punishment. And discipline simply means to be discipled, to be trained, right? To be lifted up and taught by God. Um, It's a good thing. It may not always be comfortable, right? But nonetheless, discipline is always good for us. Athletes, discipline themselves so they can be in the greatest shape of their life. Um, so the discipline that they that they uh, bring out is a good thing, but it requires a lot of hard work on their part. But there's no punishment in this, right? Um, some people discipline themselves to, you know, eat all organic food. Other people, again, they're going to, maybe it's you, you, you. Some people are very disciplined about about their faith. I'm going to go to church every Sunday and Wednesday, and I'm gonna uh, do this and serve here and serve there. We discipline ourselves to do those things that are important to us. Now, I'm not sure why people wanna read the word discipline and, uh, in the Bible and turn it into some kind of, you know, butt kicking we're getting from God. So now let's move on to the hard one. It scourges. Okay, it's a fair question. How do you explain away scourging, Mike? Because that word is pretty daggone direct, is it not? Well, the first thing I would ask you um, is if you've ever had anything the equivalent of a scourging from God. Now, I'm not saying from the evil one. God does not give you cancer. God does not put you in a car accident. God does not cause you to lose your job. That is not scourging from God and i honestly hope you don't think any of those things even including being raped or anything horrific is the result of god doing it to you that is not going to that is not an explanation we should be using for this term scourging there's no way in the world that would ever line up with jesus dying a bloody death on the cross and being the full payment for our sins loving us saying i'm going to do it in your place I don't want you in hell. I don't want you punished. I'm going to come down in the form of the flesh, and I will give my life so you can have eternal life. So there either remains punishment for sins, or there doesn't. God either remembers your sins, and he holds them against you, uh, and the wages of sin is death, or he's completely taken them away. I don't understand why we need to play all sides of the fence here. So again, it's this verse, and he scourges. What do you do with it? And he scourges every son whom he receives. So let's unpack some really important points that I believe will change your mind forever about this scary word, scourges. Now here are some few points. Some of you uh, may want to write these things down uh, or go back and, and listen to this podcast later because I I would love that you're able to defend this idea that God is not, in fact, scourging his children. All right, so let's start with this. Number one, who's the letter written to? Hebrews. Hebrews are what? The letter's written to Hebrews people, and Hebrews are Jewish people. Now, if you're writing a letter to Jewish people, what language would it be written in? Right? Right? It's written in Hebrew. If I was writing to you here in America, I'd be writing in English. So it's important. I'm going to circle back, hang tight. So the letter is written to Jewish people. It's written in their native language, their language, Hebrew. So I'm not sure why, but it would appear um, that the translator has utterly failed, and I'll prove it, has utterly failed to take into account what the original term, the original term scourges meant when this letter was written, right? Who am I talking about? The guy who translated it, the team who translated it from Hebrew into English. Scourge. What is a scourge? Scourge is a deadly weapon. Now here's something. Scourge was added to Proverbs 3.12. In your Bible coordinates, the word scourge, in its original language, uh, the Hebrew term was, uh, and I may chop this up, bicaret. That'd be spelled B-I-Q-Q-O-R-E-T, if I had to give it to you, the best way to spell it. So, scourge. Bicaret can be translated as scourge, get this now, or to inquire deeply, very important that we get this. So again, uh, again, hold, hold tight. Give me just a few more seconds here. I'm going to prove this to you. So, scourge. We do know this. It has two meanings in the Hebrew. It can mean to scourge, or it can mean to inquire deeply. Now, what I believe is that the translator wildly failed. By the way, the Word of God is perfect. It's it's without error. No one's denying that. Human beings are not without error. We are translating the best we can uh, these biblical uh, letters into English so that we can understand them. And I'm telling you that the translator likely failed to consider the older meaning. How do I know this is not about scourge um, or that it's meaning? uh, How do I know this is not about scourging? meaning beating us um, in that it's about something very differently? And I, I think the answer is very simple. Number one, here's what you're not going to read as you journey through the Bible. You are not going to read anything about people being scourged in the Old Testament. Now go through the Old Testament and try to find a story where any Old Testament person was scourged. Now, you're wondering, why, why is that important? Okay, it's coming together. That's because the scourge weapon was not invented. So, in the Old Testament, you're never, ever, ever going to read anything about people being scourged, beaten with an instrument with metal shards that ripped the flesh out of your body. Remember, This verse we're reading was added to Psalms, right? It's coming up in Hebrews here. Those God loves, he disciplines, and he scourges. It's a quote from the Old Testament, if you will. And in the Old Testament, no one was ever scourged. What's the deal here? Because the actual definition when it was used in the Old Testament, the word scourge simply meant to inquire deeply. Right? So fast forward hundreds of years later when they invent this weapon. Right? It's a weapon. They needed to come up with a name for it. We do this today. We always do this. So just like today, they arrived at the name by looking at what it did. You're scratching your head. Hey, we've got this uh, uh, weapon here at... uh, like uh, it, it's we throw it out there. It's got metal shards. It it inquires deeply into the skin, and then it just rips it all out. Think about the word television. How do we get the name? We got it from words that existed before the television did. <coughs> Excuse me. Tela means to or at a distance. Vision means sight. <coughs> so. To see something at a distance resulted in calling it what we know today as a television, right? What is the takeaway? The takeaway is that if you are a child of God, you are certainly not having metal shards being buried deeply into your skin as a means of payment for your sins. Remember, God's Jesus completely dealt with all of that on the cross. There no longer remains punishment. He who believes is not judged. We don't fear because fear involves punishment. There's no slap on the wrist, folks. We don't get some watered down kind of punishment. I know some want to teach that. We simply must be punished for our sins. We just must. Well, that denies that Jesus was punished. Should we be trained and disciplined and brought up? Yes, that is not the same as punishment. You're not getting slapped on the wrist. You're not getting a little paddle on the butt. There's no kick in the tail, but there is loving discipline as God inquires deeply into our lives, day by day, moment by moment, and he helps to counsel us. He helps to grow us so that we may be conformed to the identity of Jesus Christ. So my friends, if you have ever called on Jesus to rescue you from your sins, you can relax because yeah, God is inquiring deeply into you. He's inquiring deeply into his children that he loves. And this inquiry, this scourging, if you will, this bickaret, it's coming from a position of love and there's no pain, there's no hurt in it. Uh, It may be at times uncomfortable, but it's a deep inquiry because God, the God of the universe, has rescued you and he has saved you and he is not interested in seeing what he can do to whoop you down and break you down. God is not a God that tears his children down. He is a God that builds us up, he lifts us up, and he encourages us. So may you never again, I pray, Afraid of this word scourge, may we always understand that God's scourging is a deep inquiry, full and in active love. God bless you all.